And we're live. We're live. Wait a minute, is this live? This is live. We're what? live on The Real Talk. On The Real Talk. On The Real Talk. Well, wait a minute. Where was The Real Talk telling me that this is going to be live? Fantastic. Oh, Actually, I love live. Live's oh. fan. Welcome, my good friend, Nima Namdar. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much from Howard Building Corporation. Yeah, HPC. Yes, HPC. And yeah. I welcome today. You know, it's uh, actually this is going to be a dynamic episode. I'm really um, uh, I'm excited to learn uh, from your knowledge and experience in the development, construction, TI field. Um, and really what's, you know, we'll get to some basis of really what's happening um, past, present, future, because we're going through a pandemic and really how we're moving forward. But um, first, I'd like to hear about a little insights of who is Nima Namdar? You know, it's funny. I ask that myself every day when I wake up. I look in that mirror. I'm like... Who are you? Who is this man? Um, well, basically, I'm a father, right? I think that's primarily the thing that we all... Numero uno. Yes. Numero uno, I'm a father. Yeah. Uh, a husband. husband. Yeah, I have uh, two kids, a uh, 12-year-old boy, nine-year-old girl who's about to turn 10. And that primarily, if you think of why are we doing any of this? Why is, what is the meaning of our existence right now? A lot of it is to provide ourselves with that dynamic and that lifestyle that we can enjoy. So... There's the, there's the why, right? Yeah. All this stuff that we do, whether it's HBC, IBS, Real Talk, whatever yeah. it is, at the end of the day, it's, it's a means to an end of reaching that. So I think, I, ideally, that's who I am, you know? But I was an immigrant to the country, so oh, yes. I was born in Tehran, Iran, um, your, your neck of the woods. Yes. We came over here during the revolution, Right, so, so in their late late seventies, late seventies. Okay. So actually, for us, it was early eighties. Okay, early eighties. Like, like right really after, early, right like, after the revolution. Right after it happened. Okay. Yeah, right after we okay. came over, and uh, and it, I feel like I'm downplaying it when I say we came over because we escaped. Yeah. I mean, literally, we had to we had to escape a country, and you know, uh, the, I feel like the legend grows the more I tell it. But we we literally had to hire Turkish mercenaries. They took us over the border. Ended up in Austria for about a year before mm-hmm. things worked out for us to come to the U.S. How old were you at that point? I was four. Or four, okay. Right. So, so you had a memory of that. I mean, you were at a memory of Austria and going from Iran to being kind of smuggled through the country to country. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's something that you really don't forget. Even at four or five years old, there are glimpses of memory if you remember that. You know, it does, it does you know, really make you who you are today, but it's really amazing what that can resonate with. And, and see, the, the important thing of so much of what we do is I think a lot of times we forget the origin story. Correct. Right? Correct. That's the big thing right now. Correct. Right now, people, the movies that are coming out, it's like, cool, the, the superheroes. The origins, you know? yeah. But what was this origin story? How did they come to be? And then right. you see the origin story and you start understanding more about the dynamic of who they are. I don't have vivid memories of coming over here. Okay. Right? One of my first memories is uh, being on a, the way we were transported on these horses were these saddlebags, right? So my mom was on a horse with a soldier. My dad had his own horse. Me and my brother were on the side of a saddlebag, kind of open, open air okay. saddlebag. We're sitting there, um, kind of crisscross applesauce in this thing and supplies were on the other side. One of the first memories I have is my brother calling out for my mom saying his feet hurt. Okay. Right. I have an older brother is a year and a half older. She comes over off her horse, takes him out, takes off his shoes, rubs his feet. And of course, what do I say? Well, my feet hurt. Yeah. You know, who doesn't like a, who doesn't like a foot rub? So that's that's a memory. Another memory is the smell of the bread at night when they were heating it over the open fire. Right, Austria. I remember we're about to lay down for a nap at, uh, at it must have been preschool or yep. uh, whatever it is. You know, uh, daycare. 
we're about to lay down for our nap. And I'll never forget these mats. They're like, yo- like little yoga mats. And I was so excited. Because if there's one thing I love is a good nap. So I'm like, I want to get on this thing. As I'm about to lay down, put my head down, close my eyes, my mom bursts through the door saying, we got to go. We're going. Oh, wow. The orders yeah. came in. We're jumping on a plane and we're coming. Now, my dad was a pilot for Iran Air. Okay. And he trained in America, right? So a lot of the pilots that trained in America, and Iran Air was a new airline that happened under Shah. And my dad was one of the first captains. Okay. So when people were leaving, he had friends that had already left, captains left. They came to America and they set us up so we can leave and come here. And sure enough, we got on the plane, came over here. And our first night in America was on Halloween in Garden Grove, <laughs> Garden Grove, California. Imagine as a kid, there's a knock at the door, you open the door, and you're greeted it's by like goblins, ghouls. I'm like, what country did you bring us to? So that is the kind of idea of where I came. Now, here's the important thing is, I don't have gnarly memories about that. I don't have vivid memories about, like, that changed who I was. But guess who did? My parents. Yes. They had the memories. They felt the struggle. And it's not until here I am 42 years later that I'm starting to understand the ways, I was, the ways I was raised, how they interacted with people, how we were treated and we were expected to be treated. Because growing up, you know, I just, you know, I was resentful and I was bitter. I'm like, why, why, why does it have to be so hard, mm-hmm. right? Of course. As I go through that process, now I'm older, I'm like, that's right. I may not have had, had the experience. They did, and through them, it set a certain basis of conduct for me, a certain basis of understanding for me. And the, when I got older, it's not that I learned about it, is that the filter got removed. And so it allowed me to kind of understand better about our struggles because everyone we talk to in every industry, in any position at any company, right, they had some struggle, right? To overcome the struggles, what yes. made them successful. And I'm talking about the struggles, the trials, tribulations, the failures, the, the close the door in your face. You know, the di- right. I mean, and the less, as you know, we were in the U.S. back then. Diversity wasn't as rare. It, diversity today is a big is a big topic. Right. It's funny you just say 40 years later, we're still in that diversity, the racism things coming about. But you know, set that aside. But it's still feeling that, and that's really what you felt to overcome those challenges and the hurdles and the people coming to a new country. Probably not to even speaking the language, right? Not at all. And learning the language. Um, um, and you're right. Your your, your parents are fear. I mean, they were, they did risk lives, but they were fearless to give them the family and the kids a better lives for themselves, a better opportunity for them to prosper, for education, for freedoms and things that we have today. You know, in the in the U.S. and what we're doing. And that's as I said for my family, I have a very resonant, a little different. I was born and raised here. I didn't go through that, so I, I don't have I can't really. Uh, have something in common, feel those things. But as I know, my whole family um, immigrated just at the but same time. But your community did. Your community People did. People in your family yes. did. Yes, and we know. I've heard all the stories. Right. I've heard the challenges and um, the challenges of growing up in um, in the California or coming and immigrating and trying to get in and to the U.S. To, as I said, it, I think back then is to really land the freedoms. But moving forward a little bit, let's again, we can go a deep into that. But moving forward, that's what I want to say. Is like you said, your parents developed your character. 100%. Right. Who you are today, what you're doing, and really um, the drive, right? The drive and also the communication skills and the people skills and the things that you've done to be able to survive and be successful, be the father, be the, you know, be the father, be the husband, and be that person. And that's really, you know, where today is telling that story of who you are. And that's, it really resonates with some people watching today really um, have similar stories, have similar stories of that. And there are so many. Here's, here's the problem. 
the problem is perspective. Yes. Right? Everything we do, there's got to be a level of perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay? I struggle. We, we, uh, we bought a home about two years ago, and it's uh, in a different part of Costa Mesa, and the school district we want to be in is on the other side. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about moving back. We want to make a move. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's a lot of work. Like, you know how much stuff we have to pack? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For me, the perspective is like, we got to move a block. They moved a country to a place they don't know anyone, right? So when you start kind of harnessing that energy and understanding that what are the challenges we face in our day-to-day, -day, have some perspective. Understand the challenges that other people before you had yes. to overcome in order to do that. So that's the perspective. That's you, you, just nailed, um, you just nailed it. You know, that was the perspective of what it is. And it's, it's funny is how through the challenge, the freedoms, and the things that we've done in the last 40 years since that point, now you've kind of lost that perspective. Then you reflect back, like, wait a minute. Why am I complaining of moving mile a mile across to another home and moving everything when i was part of this migration from one country escaping one country yeah. to another country for a better livelihood now i'm just worrying about better yeah a better education for my kids yeah but, yeah. but this is this is our this is our society yeah. this is the way we're yep. wired yep. right the way we're wired is again it's the we have so much mm -hmm. The inconvenience of these things sometimes are what bothers us. Now, right. well, just to follow back on a point you made, is my parents, they were uh, pivotal in, in my ability to have that change within myself, mm -hmm. that drive within myself to push, right? To always reach yes. and try to strive and struggle and struggle. You know, without struggle, you're not going to gain, yeah. right? I just realized this a couple years ago. This wasn't something that through high school, through college I knew. Are you kidding me? If you saw, you, you knew yes. me in high school. Yes, I did. I did just enough to get by academically where I excelled was athletics, right? Go to college, same thing. I, I mean, I got, I, I got to think that I was the last guy at UCSB that they said, you know what, we're done letting anyone in that wants to come in. We got we to <laughs> increase our standards. But this guy, Nima, he seems good. Let's let him in. Yes. Because I didn't have the resume. I had the story, though. My, my story, my, uh, what do you call it? When they do that, um, they ask you for a, a, an essay. Essay. An essay. Yeah, that's my essay got me in. Oh, man. Do you know how many people were pissed around me? People that didn't get in? Because, like, wait a minute. And, by the way, I was very diverse. Correct. I played violin in high school. I was yeah. in drama. I was in sports. Well, you were also very talented and multifaceted. You had right. more talents and more, yes. Yeah, so they weren't just looking at the academics. But, but it wasn't until later in life that it really hit me. Cool. When I look at what they did in the, in the sacrifices they had to make, I mean, you got to imagine. Trust us, we're going through the mountains. Okay. How do you know they're actually going to be killed, take the money, left for dead? Trust us. And I have a problem making a phone call to a prospect, yeah. right? I have a problem getting on a camera and looking in the camera and having a meeting, a Zoom meeting. Are you serious? Now, again, yeah. it's all perspective, it's perspective. right? We, yeah. we don't always have to push it that hard. We don't have to push that hard as saying, you know how many people died to get us to this country? Yes, I get it. But sometimes you have to understand that these types of struggles that we're making insurmountable uh, obstacles. They're not. Mm. It's just you have to have that inner dialogue and coaching. And a lot of it is coaching. You have to have good people around you to be able to talk you through that process and say, hey, listen, like anything, you need to grease that groove. Correct. If you don't, it's going to be hard to do. 
And the less you do it, the harder it's going to be to restart. At, at the end of the day, it's, uh, I keep saying it, it's repeating it. Repetition is a mother of all skill, right? Yep. <laughs> it's a mother of all skill. It doesn't matter, as you said, you're an athlete. You repeated a movement or a play hundreds of thousands of times, and you still weren't perfect at it, right? Nope. And that's what it is, is, is we, and the perspective of it is sometimes we have a skill and we stop practicing it because we were successful with something. And we had to go, like, oh, go back. Oh, I don't think I have to do this or spend this much time because I know it. Problem is, is we start losing that, I just say, athleticism or talent because we're not sharp. Our, our, you know, our, we're not sharpening our sword. We have to constantly sharpen our sword, yep. constantly keep moving because that sword's going to get dull. Yep. We can't take it for granted. And that's really moving forward of, of really... As I said, it's funny as how th- kind of 360, I want to get a little off the subject, but how you are in position today in a con- building construction corporation, building something, right. going through a process right. where I think really your um, upbringing and the challenges and things you faced and what you've learned really puts you in a position because you love the project management. You love starting at something, right. building something. Right. And, and giving the, the service amenities moving forward. And that it's funny, as I'm now reflecting, I really see that story. I'm like, wait a minute, this is why every kind of, it kind of fits, right? Because you, you love to take something that's destroyed or, and rebuild it. 100%. Or build it from the ground up. Because that challenge is always a challenge. You're a sports, you're, as I said, you said, you're an athlete, you're competitive. Right. You have to build it, you learn, you do repetitions, you figure it out. And every one of these projects you go into a development or, or construction is a, is a challenge challenge for you is is a competition 100% right? so so there's a very interesting thing you yeah. said there right when we came here my father became a pilot again right i, I think for for about 6 months he was worked as his manager at a pizza hut right yeah. before he can get his accreditation and became okay. an airline pilot and i think it was with american airlines at the time as he started getting you know uh he, he started getting in the role of being a pilot. He opened up a flight school at John Wayne Airport. Yeah. It was a complete and utter disaster. He was a great pilot, a horrible business, business owner, man, right? Yeah. What did that do to me? It made me very, very risk adverse, mm-hmm. right? We grew up in an environment like Newport Beach where money for a lot of people wasn't an issue. For us, it was an issue every yeah. day, right? We were in a position where I'm around people that had and I didn't. Now, perspective again. Yes. I lived in a beautiful country. I lived in an amazing place. I had access to amazing education. But again, perspective as a kid, you know, kids are going to Aspen. Because you're looking around you, looking at the affluence around you and the kids and what they have. And even though you're living there, you still don't have all those amenities. No, and like, you, you hey, feel, I feel, I still feel I am not part of the people. I'm still an outsider. Right. And, yeah. and look, my parents did an amazing job. They provided everything we mm-hmm. could ever need. It was the stuff that we wanted that sometimes we didn't get. Right. And, you know, and that's the, that's the gray area is, is we live in an area of opulence mm-hmm. and we got everything we needed and then some, but then when you look at some of the other stuff. And so I was very, I was very naive and ignorant of the reality of what my situation was. So fast forwarding, that made me very risk averse. I knew from a very young age, I was not going to be an entrepreneur. Cause I looked at my dad at the end of his career. He was at United airline. That check came every month mm-hmm. and it was a good check. And every month they came, healthcare, benefits, yes. we flew everywhere there. And then I look at his business. Just going down, you know, always juggling yeah. this and that. Very risk averse. And guess what I was really good at? I was good at building things. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally, like I'm a handyman. Like, mm-hmm. I like to build things. I like to do carpentry. I like to build my, you know, build my athleticism, whether it's like, listen, if I want to tackle this, l- l- you know, let's use wrestling. Yeah. All I got to do every morning is run five miles go into the heated room, take a thousand shots against the wall. Eventually that's going to get, get me better. 
So when I went, when I ended up in construction, to me, that was very tangible. Yeah. You're going to give me a piece of paper with what you want built. And I'm going to manage that process. And there's, there's milestones along the way mm -hmm. that confirm that I'm doing my job. They give you the affirmation. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Affirmation all the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how the heck did I end up in sales? Why well, am I on the sales side right now? At the end of the day, let me restop you right there. Yeah. We're all in sales. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're all in sales. As right. one of our good friends, Al, uh, Mr. Alec Hounson, shout out to him. You know, when he's on, he's like, yeah, we're all in sales. Doesn't matter if you're a teacher, doesn't yeah. matter if you're an accountant, you're a CPA, you're a salesperson, whatever process you're on, you're selling something, you're educating, you're doing something, selling. We're all in sales, just a different aspect of it. Right. So it, it doesn't matter. We learn the skills. As an engineer who just has to invent, they're not a salesperson, but they actually are because they're so passionate about that what a widget that they created that they can sell it. The passion sells and engages the audience or, or the user, right? Right. So that's the thing. As I said, we're all in sales and that's your passion for a sport, for, you know, whatever you want, for your business, for running, for running a, a program, for run, running a project management for a program, building something, your passion for it is there. Right. You're selling it like, oh my God. And the affirmation you get from it, it, for all of us, we love affirmation. That dopamine effect for affirmation, it's, I mean, social media has changed the whole world on that, but that's really what it is. It's getting a dopamine, likes you, positive affirmation. You're doing a great job. I processed, I passed this inspection. I passed this. 100%. Step-by-step -step milestones, just like you added, gives you that my offer, um, that, that affirmation and um, and it's really resides with you because you, sometimes you don't as you say, the perspective you don't step back look at the perspective like wow okay this is where I am and as we're discussing this I think things open up my mind's wanted to open the same as yours is sure. really what we're doing and how we are and how we got here today and what we're doing for it so that's really what I want to uh, take a step back and understand your roadmap at HBC right how you started and how you got to the position you are, just like you're in sales. So where did you start at HBC? So when I came into HBC, it was, and it's funny because I can say this, uh, I think today's the 29th. I started 14 years, seven months, and 29 days ago. Wow. So I got hired on January. Wow. Right? So I always yeah. know how long I've been there. But you're talking about close to 15 years at a company. Correct. And when I came into the company, I had been out of college, let's say four or five years. Mm -hmm. Right? Right out of college, had no idea what I was going to do. I started off as a bio major in college, ended up with a history degree, then was thinking, you know, what do I go do? I go to law school. How do I pursue this? I had no clue what I wanted to do. My uh, stepdad had a small development company. They did gas station conversions. So what they do is they take a mechanics pay and turn it into a Circle K. And it was booming at that time. Mm -hmm. So he said, hey, while you're here, home for the summer, why don't you go and, uh, you know, go to one of my job sites and just watch over it, which ended up being called the superintendent in my mm -hmm. world. So... Next thing you know, I'm with him for three years, going through this process. Yeah. And he had a very small shop. Three years into it, uh, I was looking to get to a more sophisticated, bigger company. And I found a company called W.O. Butler. They do ground-up stuff. So if you look at Costco's and big projects like that, mm -hmm. they, they build things from the ground, ground up. They build the buildings, right? The foundation. The foundation. Yeah, so right? yeah. I was there for about a year and a half. At an engagement party for a very close friend of mine, I ran into Gary Conrad. Gary Conrad was one of the principals of the company I currently work sure. at right now. And he was, he was actually business development for that company of the three executives that were there. Met me and said, send me your resume. I was very happy at my current job at that time. So I'm like, yes, sir, no problem. Because you heard that I was in yeah. the business. Two weeks go by, get a phone call. Hey, where's your resume? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll get that to you. I had no intention. I, I didn't want to move. Yeah, you were happy. I was you're, happy. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks later, 
Where's it? Hey man, where's your resume? I'm like, I'm so, I'm, I'm sending it right now. I send it. They set up an interview, and I'm telling myself this is going to be awkward. I'm going to go in there and look at them and say, hey, you know, I really appreciate the offer and thank yeah. you so much. But I'm already somewhere where there's growth for me, and I know there's growth for me. Mm-hmm. And they've told me there's growth for me. And then uh, after our talk, uh, they see, they gave me the offer letter. I'm like, oh. <laughs> This looks nice, <laughs> you know, yeah, a c- yeah. couple different um, digits in there yes, than I was yes. used to. So they did a good job of selling me on the company. Now, what was different about HBC and like a butler that's a ground up? We only do interiors. We'll do other stuff too. But for the for our bread and butter is 90% is interiors. Yeah, so what does that mean? The building exists. Yeah. Someone says, for example, uh, you know, let's use uh, Netflix as a company, right? Mm-hmm. Netflix says, hey, we have 300,000 square feet in Santa Monica that we just got for our offices. We need it completely redone to what we want it to look like. To your specs, we specs, want yeah. this type of wall. We mm-hmm. want a TV there. The flooring needs to be this, blah, 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 right? That. So we're the contractor that they hire for that, mm-hmm. right? That's what we do. So I started off as a project engineer, which is a very fancy non-engineering position. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a fancy word for assistant project assistant. manager. <laughs> I'm an assistant. Yeah. But I don't know why they ever called it engineer because I'd go around to be like, oh, cool. Can you look at these engineering drawings for me? I'm like, I don't. There's a lot of squiggling. Yeah. I don't really understand what the hell this means. So I started there for about a year and a half. And probably into my second year, my team, who I was working under, my project manager, got very busy. So slowly but surely, through, through him seeing my competence and being able to run a meeting, right, and to deal with situations and deal with conflict, he's like, hey, look, I can't make this meeting. You just go. So one led to another, led to another, led to another, before I finally went to, you know, my bosses and said, hey, I'm running jobs now. You know, I don't care about the position, but my title block needs to change. Correct. People are paying for a project manager, and my card doesn't say that. Does your assistant engineer? A project, engineer project engineer, whatever the hell that means. Yeah. So that's when they actually looked at my uh, book of work, and they said, okay, great, you're ready. So I did that up until about four years, seven months, and 29 days ago, right? And you still know that that's amazing. Look, at the, as a project manager, the dates, the Th- times This is how my you, mind works. Your mind works. It's fantastic. Because I mean, everything's yeah. schedule-based. Schedule, everything's, yeah. So when they brought me in and asked me to uh, to do this position, that which is really called business development, if you look at my title block, it says director of client services. And there's a reason for that, and I'll get to that. When they brought me in for business development, I, I'm like, no, I'm not a salesman. Like, I, I don't, I do. I put stuff into works. I finish things. You do the, you're, you're the how. You're, you're the how. There's a why. Or what you, I'm you the how. Execute. You got a problem. You execute. I'm going to execute. execute. Yeah. They said that's, they're like, same thing you said. They're like, no, you are a salesman. We're not, and, and that's a big distinction. Like, we're not asking you to sell anything. We want you to represent us. Yeah. We want you to represent what we're doing. And the reality of it is, what was the model they had before me? The model they had before me was they had traditionally sales guys. And what I mean by sales guys is it's not a bad thing, right? But in our industry, that is so technical. In your industry, that's yeah, extremely yeah, technical. technical. You have to know, I mean, you have to know ground level from board. I mean, it's yeah. you rose up, you learned. 100%. Technical. If you brought in someone and said, here's a sales position, um, we don't really need you to know what we do. You can have a general idea that we provide distribution for this product. Just find a home for the product. Just find a home for the product. Well, that's not a very long-term solution <laughs> yeah. because you're going to come into clients that are going to ask you the question of, well, what's your how? Yep. Tell me about, tell me the specs. Yep. Why you? And I'll tell you right now, well, because we're the best. Bullshit. 
We're the best. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, because we can do something no one else can. star ratings. Yeah, well, None of that, that matters. That's, that's not what they're matter. looking for. No. And I can't tell you yeah. time and time and time again when I would be on the other side of the ball where someone came to me and say, hey, we'd like to give you our services. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, great. I actually need something right now. I have 100 feet of tunnel corridor that needs to be fire rated. I'm putting a budget together. Can you throw a number for me real quick? Just you know, off the top of your head, please. Oh, um, that, you know, I, I don't really do that, but let me get you in contact with someone who knows how to do that. And I'm like, well, then just yeah. have that guy call me. Yeah. Why are you calling why, me? Why, why are you, yeah, exactly. So I think the company decided to make a shift in saying, why don't we take a guy, and, his, and up to that point, I had three big accounts. And the reason I had these accounts wasn't the accounts that we had. These were singular projects that we did. And because of the way I handled the projects, because of my interactions with the team, and I made this partnership and this mm-hmm. team environment, then it became our account. They just wanted to keep working with me, right? They saw that and they said, hey, what would you think about this position? And it was, it, I'm telling you, it, it took a long time for me to even accept the idea that I would do this. The reason is, is because a lot of what we do is ambiguous. Okay. It's Makes not sense. quantitative yeah. or qualitative, whatever the word the is. Qualitative. English, qualitative. Is my, English, yeah. English is my second language. <laughs> I should, so I don't have the firm <laughs> grasp on the... Thesaurus, thesaurus, yeah. dictionary. Um, so I'm a very, uh, what's that word, qualitative? Qu- quantitative. Quantitative. Yeah. Listen, what I'm saying is I need, I need indicators telling me that I'm doing the right thing. Correct. Right, which is milestones, which is schedules. All of a sudden you're putting me in a situation where I can sit across a table from a guy, engage with them, and potentially not find out for one, two years if that relationship is going anywhere. And that's mm-hmm. how our industry is. Yeah. You don't just walk in and say, How's it going, Nima Namdar? Um, when are we doing a project together? That was very hard for me yeah. to grasp. It, it, I mean, I'm telling you, nights for a year, for a year, I'd come home and I'm like, "What am I doing?" What? Because that, as you say, the affirmation wasn't there Not initially because you were working on the reactive side. Yes, the project was already won, yep. and you worked on that end. And then going after the project, building a relationship, understanding, doing budgeting, going through the project, bidding it out, which takes six months to a year, sometimes even two years, it depends on what, and it just takes time. You're like, am I doing the right job? Cause I'm not getting affirmation or closing any deals yet. Right. And Sorab, you're also getting feedback. Yeah. Here's my proposal. Thank you very much. Uh, you didn't get the job. Uh, thank you, you know, for considering me. Yeah. W- what was it? Your number was 10% high. Boom. Okay. Yeah. 10% high. Your schedule was too long. Okay. We got to tighten up our schedules. Your team didn't present well. Your superintendent didn't talk very well. We didn't feel comfortable. With so, them. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Let's coach up our superintendent. I can meet with you right now, talk for three hours. We can go golf, have yeah. dinner. Project comes up. I don't get invited. Am I gonna, are you going to be comfortable telling me, hey, man, you're just not my style? Yeah. Like, I didn't feel it with you. No, it's harder to get that out of people. Correct. It's hard to get that, uh, that, that reinforcement of feedback, which we all drive on, right? So many things in our life, in our lives, have, 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 they're measurable. Correct. Look. Correct. All I got to do is go for a one-mile run and time it. And I'll know what my fitness for that one-mile run is exactly at that mo- moment. Train, do it again in a month. There it is, feedback. Yeah. And what we do sometimes, which is a very, it, it's a very um, relationship-based business, which ours is. Ours mm-hmm. is a very relationship-based business. Because I'll tell you right now, one of the biggest mistakes, and we're going to get to this yeah. about how we're doing it wrong, how people are doing it wrong is we're not the only name in town. We're not the only game in town, right? Competition is always there. There's it's, nothing, yeah. It's always there. 
So the thing that really builds the ability to create those prospects are the relationships. You have to have relationships with people that can bring it. Well, let me stop you yeah. right there. The relation, going back to the start relationship, yeah. which are key because in all sales, there's relationships, yeah. right? We all moving forward. But also having the relationship to ask for the feedback before the decision is made. Because as a salesperson, I have a sales team. I have people that I mentor, people that I train and lead. And it is, as a salesperson, sometimes you they're hot, like you missed this project you missed this why did you even ask why yep and that's the thing it's like they're like uh no they just said it was it just gave me a couple of points i'm like did you ask what happened to this process but that is the thing is is also our insecurity and securities of asking having that relationship to say hey give me the points of what i need to improve because that person that doesn't mean that that customer or that service that you ever do business with again but if they can give you that feedback and you can get it and take it positively like hey i i did fail on this or i fell down on this because it's a chain no matter what the bidding process there's multiple people involved sourcing costing engineering a lot of people involved in the project i assume for you it's not just 100 right so there's multiple verticals that have to be done to be able to um to be able to deliver the here here's my proposal but as the salesperson or as the person who is the lead not asking what did i do or through the project what can we do to get it better how can we tighten our pencils if you're five percent higher than your current what can i do to make it five percent lower but if you don't even ask that Sometimes not everybody's going to tell you, but I can tell you probably 56% of the time they will if you have the relationship. If you have the relationship. If you have the relationship. It, something just very funny happened yeah. to us, okay? Um, there was a, there was a, a I want to be careful about names here, but there was a project and there was someone we were looking at as far as like a sub, subcontractor or okay. a trade, right? Yep. And uh, we needed some references, so we called some people. Um, hey, what do you think about this person? This 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 uh, this company yeah. to provide the service. Great, you know they do a great job. Awesome. We get them on board, and we put it on that guy's job. We get a call. What the, what what did you do? Why did you put that guy on my job? Yeah. Right? What you gave a recommendation? It's like, well, no, I I, I didn't want to I didn't want to bad talk him, but no, that, that, I never want to see those guys on my job ever again. What are you doing? You be honest with us. It's not just on our inability to ask. We have to understand that there's an inability and insecurity of the other person we're asking to give us the truth. Correct. The only way, the only way to kind of reduce that, to not have that be the norm, is to build relationships and build trust. You, ha they have to be able to trust you because a lot of times, what, what does relationship and trust equal? Communication. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. You put me on the spot. Yeah. I'm like, but right. But that's right. Communication, yeah. as we say. But just to put that in, you know, hit that is that's what it is. The trust and relationship equals communication, right. which gives you the communication and feedback, which gives it back to you. But also, it's what the other party does with it, right? Because you can get it and not pass it along the road. And it's like, why didn't you ever tell us this? You, they told you. And you know, pass this down. It's like, oh, I forgot, or I was ashamed, or this. And these are the types. Listen, of, yeah. anyone that does this, please don't. Yeah. If I'm talking to you and I have a piece of broccoli in my teeth, <laughs> for the love of God, tell me. Yeah. Tell me. Yep. People are afraid. Yeah. They're afraid of offending. Yeah. They're afraid of um of making a person uncomfortable. Realizing that you know the 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 true relationships, the ones with that you have, is when someone will say you have something in your teeth. Right. When someone will say, you know, um, 
whatever, you know, it, it'd just be funny. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'll be out with a bunch of clients. I'll get home and I'll go to give my wife a hug. She's like, Ooh, you smell. smell reek of I've been golfing in the morning. Yeah. I've been golfing in the morning. I'm wearing a shirt like this. And that, you, that, you perspire, you go around. And whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And here I am sitting close proximity to clients, hugging up on them because I'm a, I'm a very affectionate, huggy type mm-hmm. guy. And, you know, they're being polite. But for all, you know, say something. This is true for everything we do. Yeah. One of the biggest hangups I have, I'll be in a restaurant and I'll ask for whatever, let's say a steak or a hamburger. Okay. I'll say a hamburger. How would you like that prepared, sir? I'm like, I like a medium. Uh, medium is okay too. Great. They bring it out and the thing's raw. Oh, raw, okay. Raw, raw, raw. raw. Uh, yeah. I'll eat it because I don't want to offend them. Yeah. My mom, bless her heart, the moment something's wrong, she say, oh, this isn't right. And I'm like, oh, don't, don't be like that. She's like, no, I'm, no, I'm not being mean about it, but they should know that th- there's the hiccup. Something happened so they can go fix it. If that, I don't say anything, they can't fix it. Ever since then, ever since that conversation with her, I realized now it's like, hey, listen, you know, so-and-so, th- this is th- X, Y, Z. Hey, you weren't, you didn't win the project because you didn't put enough backup with your proposal. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, it's okay. Listen, I'm giving you the intel to use. What you do with it is up to you. Mm-hmm. This is what you just said. What you do with it is up to you. So step one, get the intel. Step yep. two, do something with it. And this happens with me all the time. I'll get the intel back from my, from my uh, contact. Yeah. And they said, hey, so-and-so didn't do a good job presenting. Do I just sit on that? Yep. Yeah. No, I don't. I have to have the uncomfortable conversation, which it is uncomfortable. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a robot. I call the guy and say, hey, listen, man, you weren't making eye contact on the Zoom. W- what does that matter? Yeah, for this guy, did. Yeah. They didn't feel sincerity. You were looking off camera the whole time. Well, the content should be more important. I'm like, I understand that. To this particular person, it wasn't. To this particular person, making that connection was more important. Yeah, and that's, let me hit that right there, is um, is the connection with the person, the presenting. And we do always have a fear of um, also, because there's, there's also defensive mechanisms, right? To the right. other party where you tell them that they didn't look in the camera, they didn't do this. doesn't matter, just using any, you know? And they're like, no, I did, you know, because they get defensive, and it, it kind of sometimes turns into a debate that it, there's more to it, or you're not telling me the truth, or, but these are constructive criticisms that will actually help the other party who might have not looked in the camera to help them in their future for their for their sake of their job and what they want to do, and it's a win-win. The business wins, everybody wins, but it is um, that constructive criticism could be taken wrong really easy because in this world that we're living in, a lot of sensitivity. So this is where yeah. leadership comes yes. into play. Yes. A good leader can take anyone within their organization, within their community, within their society, and give them criticism. And the person receiving that, as defensive as they may be, will know that they're doing this to help me. Right? So that, a lot of it comes out to the leader giving the information. The ability to also, look, one of the biggest things that I think... Um, uh, in a, in a kind of industry like I'm in, mm-hmm. you do have sales departments, you do have business development departments, right? One of the reasons I'm successful within my own organization is because I came up through the ranks with the guys that I'm now selling for, yep. right? So they trust me. They know I know the game. And when I talk to them, 
And trust me, I was in those conversations when we had previous people in my position. And I was part of those conversations like, ah, oh, dude, just leave me alone. Like, get out of my way. Let me just do my job. So I'm, I'm very aware of how they feel towards that position because for them, they sometimes feel that those guys only come calling when it suits their needs. Yep. You have to engage your staff. Well, yeah, engage your staff and all that is, but building the credibility, the relationship that earns you a seat at the table, right? earns you the opportunity for that new business development. Um, I mean, we, I call it on my end, new business opportunity, that if you can't have that... Um, of course, having good referrals or a company, doesn't matter if you lost a project with the same client, second time to come around, you can win it. Problem is, is just making a better effort at it and still having the opportunity to have a seat at the table. Because if you fail, as I was saying, going to a proposal, if you failed that much and they give you a second opportunity to seat at the table and you did the same thing again, do you think the third time they're going to come and say, Surab, give it to you? Yeah. Surab, first time, that's all you get. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. No one has time to mess around. You get one shot, and that's it. Correct. Is that an absolute? No, you may get a second shot. Correct. You get one shot. And if you're lackadaisical about it, and you don't pay attention, that's it. Do you know why? Listen, what do we sell? What do you sell? Service. But what do you sell? A customer. Uh, components. What? You sell components. Electronic components. What do you think, what do you think I sell? You like, what's my, what's my product? You sell develop, your construction development. Construction. Company. Construction. Right? Project construction. management. Project more, management. More construction, we, yeah. we manage a construction yeah. project. But that's not what we sell. That's not what I'm selling. Definitely not what you're selling. Yeah. What we're selling, and if I could get really kind of uh, obtuse on this, yeah. what we're selling is quality of life. That may sound kind of crazy when I'm saying this. What, <laughs> what do I mean by quality of life? Well, here's what I mean by quality of life. Okay? When I look at a guy and I say, look, by going with HBC, I'm giving you quality of life. What, the, what are you talking about quality of life? Well, here's why. Here's all the services and procedures that we implicate, implement in our projects. Because of all these things we do, it reduces your oversight. Mm -hmm. If our job is a job you don't have to worry about, right? That's less time you have to spend on this project and you can go chase your other projects. If you're spending less time dealing with us, you can go chase more work. If you can chase more work, you can make more money. If you can make more money, your quality of life at home, your vacations got better, your, your, whatever it is. If you don't have to worry about me Friday through Monday and you know that you can take your family on a camping trip and come back and everything's A-OK, -okay, that's what I'm giving you. I'm giving you peace of mind. Peace of mind. It's a win-win. That's what you're selling. We you're are. selling peace of mind. It's so the experience. That's customer it. experience and your quality of life experience. The customer experience that I don't have to worry or I have to worry about what's going to happen with a project or they're going to be on deadlines. And if they are, they will tell me something is right. wrong. And that quality of life of not worrying in, in, any, in a sales position, selling to a buyer, selling to a project is the number one thing. It's like I know this project's going to be on time. I know they'll deliver. And I know if there's a problem, they'll communicate because that's what I, I need from them. That's what I'm actually hiring them for that service, that project, the product we're selling them, that there is a full process in play. The SOPs, they follow direction, they follow anything, and they follow it to a T. If there's not, there's a communication platform, and they'll always come with solutions yes. instead of saying there is a problem. Yeah. No, everything's a problem. 
every <coughs> every single day there's a oh, problem. The problem. The thing is, but we think it's how a do you resolve, you resolve the problem? Resolve it and coming to the solution. How do you come to yeah. it? Right. Yeah. So listen, the 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 interesting thing about communication, the communication is only valuable. Valuable. A relationship that's based on communication is only valuable if if one big component exists in it. Truth. You could communicate with me all day long, but if there's no truth behind it, if there's no honesty behind it, it means absolutely nothing to me, right? Yep. So think about the truth. Yep. The truth sometimes is saying something that you know they're not going to like. Sometimes being honest with them and saying that, hey, uh, you know, people that can't challenge their customers, right, that always say yes, whatever you yes, want, man. whatever you want, that can be successful for a time being, but the ones that actually can able to break through that, through that kind of ceiling mm -hmm. of we're doing great yeah. to we're doing amazing are the people that look the client directly in the eye and say, this is not the right decision. And back it up, obviously. Mm -hmm. When you can have that relationship with someone, when someone can come to you and say, this is what I want to do, and you could challenge them on it and saying, these are the reasons you shouldn't, mm -hmm. And whether they realize it now or they realize it a year later, that because of your service, because of your expertise, and you challenging them on that, instead of saying whatever you want, it saved them their job. And by job, I mean project. Mm -hmm. It saved them their budget. It saved them their schedule because they listened. They're going to go to you every time because they know you can be honest with them. Yes, because they go to the truth. They know you can. And that, that's you just nailed it on the head right there. That is the number one thing is that you are the go-to. And this is the thing we're talking about. We're talking about repeat. Yes. Repeat business. One-offs. Listen, yeah. I did a project for a doctor um, back when I was a PM. It was a uh, dentist. Mm -hmm. So his, it, this is the first time in 30 years he's moved, right? Amazing couple. The husband wife, they were great, right? But they've never been through construction project. They've never been through a TI. I remember one time they were walking through, and they call me over, and we're about three weeks away from completion. And... Uh, Sweet lady pulls me over and says, look, I don't want to create a scene, but are you happy with what's happening here? I'm like, I'm so, what's happening? <laughs> She's like, how do you expect us to open these drawers? What, how, how are these open? I'm like, oh, no, ma'am, the, the, the pools, the hardware haven't been installed yet. That's happening tomorrow. Mm. Oh, okay. Thank you, Nima. I just want to make sure you're on top of it. I'm like, oh, gosh. You know, they, they didn't get it. Yeah. They didn't understand. It was one of the toughest projects I've ever been on because they didn't have the expertise to know what's and going on. And they were questioning every step and of the yeah. And yeah. our job is to answer those questions yeah. and be amical. And this empathy is huge. Yeah. They are dentists. They're not construction people. So what to me seems like a silly question to them was very valid. But they were a one-off. We did one project for them. It won awards. They're done. They're probably going to retire in there, right? Mm -hmm. So those aren't the ones we necessarily worry about. You know who we worry about? The repeat people. Mm -hmm. The people that they know if they go to HBC or a company of our caliber, I'm going to be okay. Because remember, the people that generally hire us are also people that, are got, that have been paid to make sure everything goes right. Correct. And if they know that the guys they hire are going to make it go right, they're comfortable now. They can go home and relax. That and go back to that quality of life. They can go back. And at the end of the day, it's not about it. it, it actually, um, the price and things are meaningless because of less stress and the, the quality of life. And that's number one. That's it. And that, as I said, it, it is. Um, I I feel you know in my in my business too. We are very as everybody thinks electronics, semiconductors, such a big business. 
But you understand there's competition, the margins, as, yep. as cheaper products get, the hardware is cheaper and cheaper. The software is really what's making money. The hardware, is, everyone's depreciates. It's a depreciable product. Right. And the margins get lower and lower and lower. And we're fighting for sometimes pennies, half a pennies of, of a product because we buy millions in, in, in um, the big, the, the volume size, but it, we're fighting for it. But it's like, okay, at the end of the day, are you just pushing that? Because the, the small, the lower they push the, the margin, Where's the service? Where's the where's the cost of the service? Yes. And all they care about or the commodity, the big people is about, oh, we just want the price lowest. We want the lowest price. Like, okay, you can have the lowest price, but are you gonna get the terms? Are you gonna get the service? Are you gonna get the problems with delivery on time? Are you gonna get all the communication? Are you the bat phone. Yeah. You need the bat phone. Yes. Can I pick up this phone right here and get my problem resolved? We talked about this yes. earlier today. Okay. I just bought a new appliance. Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna name the company, <laughs> but it's a big box store um, that provides things for homes appliances appliances yeah so it's a it's a home uh um, place yes uh orange (laughs) so this place they had the they had the stove i wanted right and i bought appliances from this place before Mm -hmm. but i knew right away because they had the cheaper price right there's other places i could have gone to and got a comparable product at a higher price tag um and the place i'm talking about are like boutique stores and i have friends in the industry okay they work for these service providers that provide appliances that's all they do what you're getting with them is service what you're getting with them is their warranty and their Turnkey responsiveness 360 solution for 360 the solution there's a yeah. telephone in three years anything yes. goes on we're gonna send someone out yeah well it's a stove what's i'm pretty out? handy yeah. Yeah. so i went to this place and i paid the lower price but not for a second don't get it twisted not for a second that i think that if i ever had a problem i can call those people because yeah. i've tried before and it's an absolute nightmare so when I want to go something more large scale, let's say I'm doing an entire kitchen. Let's say I, um, you know, the, 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 what is that? The, the mega ball hits for me, which I've been praying for for the past <laughs> 10 years. Let's say mega ball hits and yep. I can get one of those, you know, Sorab style houses <laughs> with all the appliances that I talk to. I say, Alexa, make me tea. When I get one of those things, I'm going to go to a boutique place, not a boutique yeah. place, a place that provides the service. service. I'm not buying the appliance. The appliance I can get anywhere. I can get the appliance on Amazon. I'm buying what they're going to provide me, the installation, the expertise uh, of what to use and what not to use. And sometimes this is the biggest thing that I think we can be, that helps us be successful. I think what's made me more desirable in our industry than not is my ability to tell someone that we're not the right fit. Can you imagine that? Someone's like, hey, I got a project. I'm like, hey, I get it. But, but I think what we provide is overkill for this, over injured. I would love to do it. 100% I'd love to take your work. But I think there's a different, a different solution for you because you're not asking for all the things we need. This yeah. isn't a very high-pressure cooker project. with A, a complex, yeah. The complexity isn't where it is. Okay. And to hear that is amazing. That is what makes us comfortable because we also have this feeling of like every person that's been to a car lot, every person knows what I'm about to say. You step a foot on the car lot, they come right out. Hey, let me show you, let me show you this and this and this and this and this and this. And And the first reaction is, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm okay. I'm just looking. No, thank you. I went on a date with Claire, my wife, and um, we were down at A's on PCH, right? And we're waiting for my parents to show up. We're going to do, I I don't know what happened. We're celebrating something. Who knows? We're Persian. We celebrate all the time. (laughs) And uh, we decided to go to the BMW dealership right next door. Yeah, Sterling. Sterling. We walk over there, and it was about time. One of our leases are up, and we're like, hey, let's look. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, though, and I think I had a martini at the time. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to put up with any of this sales BS. 
We step on the lot. We start looking. A guy comes out and says, how you guys doing? You, you guys looking? I'm like, no, we're fine. You know, we're we just kind of did. We're just browsing. He's like, cool. Yeah. So just so you know, um, you know, most of our sedans are here. The SUVs are in the back. But if you're into something more sporty, we got something in here. Yeah. You need anything, let me know. You want to test drive? I'll be inside. And he left away. He walked away. What? And I almost what I want to call to him. Like, no, no, they like come <laughs> back. To come back. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, the fact that he made me feel comfortable, the f- it made me feel like, wait a minute. And this is this is kind of the you want to talk real talk. This is the real talk okay. right here. I'm like, he doesn't need us. He doesn't need me. I need him. I need him. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't need me. That has never left my mind. And, and for, to the time being, that's where I got my car. When I ended up getting my, my new car, I went to him because he just made me, he made me realize that, that his whole thing wasn't just to put another notch on his belt to make that quota. He's like, look, you're coming to BMW for a reason. You obviously know. People that look at those cars know yeah. what they want or have an idea. When you're ready, I'm here for you. And that's why I try to sell it to my clients. I'm like, if you're coming to an HPC, it's because you know what you need, yeah. right? So I'm going to be here for you along the way. Anything you need. You need budgets, you need schedules, you need anything brought out to you, things like that. I'm going to help you along the way. And there will be times where I'll tell you that, hey, we're not the best solution for you, and, and, and these are the reasons why. But not, not that I don't want to service them. But I also don't want them just to spend money just to spend money. Sometimes that's the best thing to do because then when something complex comes up, Who's the first person they think of? Us. Yeah. I love how you spun that kind of analogy, took two different services and sales tactics and aligned them. And that is right. You know, it's you know, two different industries, but again, the customer thinks like, you know, the when the salesperson, the sales customer goes to the salesperson, it's like, oh, we're okay, we're fine. You're like, okay, fine. Just let me know when you need me. You're 100% correct. I'm like, wait a minute. I have a question about this. I have a question about this. Right. And this person is not coming to sell, just educating. And as I was talking about, we educate people. We're educators yes. and we give them the process. We educate them through their process and they feel comfortable and they build the trust. Right. right? They build the trust. At any point, we're not going to say, are you going to sell this? Are you going to sell this or buy this? But the conversation will come out at one point because they say, you know what? I'm interested. There, that's the point where every, the, the salesperson turns into an actual salesperson. Okay. Let's figure out how we can make this deal work, right? Right. That's where it put. But at, at the, before that point goes, that this person says, I'm interested to purchase something, and I'm getting educated, I, I feel the connection with that person. Oh, I can call them at any time. I have this business card. I have this uh, moving forward. Um, and that's it. And I feel like, oh, my God. I'm going to call him. I'm going to buy this thing. And I, he's going to be my salesperson because I felt he made me feel comfortable. Right. I trust him. Even though I talked to him for two minutes, that two minutes made me feel that he is not trying to sell me. I just said car salesman, that typical things in your mind. It's a bummer. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but look, and, and no offense to car salesman, but that's the mentality because I think they were trained wrong. I think yeah. they're driven by a quota. They're driven by numbers. They're yeah. driven by how many of these can I get off the lot? And they're so blinded by that that they start working off a script. Yep. Hi, how are you? This and that. Can I show you that? Oh, it looks like you're married. Are you guys planning to have kids? Well, hold, slow down, son. Yep. Slow down. The first thing in any relationship, sales or not, is called discovery. Yes. There used to be a time when there weren't apps. And you had to walk into a place and go up to a person 
and say, how, how are you? My name's Nima. Yeah, yeah. And find out what they're about before Correct. you can even propose anything. Correct. You know, before you can even propose of like, hey, you know, there's a, uh, there's a trip hop DJ playing in Cancun, you want to go? But I mean, overall, as I said, the sales tactic is back to you in HBC right. and where you are today. You know, really, uh, we've, we've hit some points of what you guys are selling, the process you go through. Let's talk about really what's happening. Well, the past we know the pr and what's happening in the present and what you feel what's going to be for present during what we're going through this pandemic and how things have changed and how you are working with customers and how you're building. Right. So look, everything we just talked about, the, this whole process, this is, this is as, old as, as old as time. At Correct. some point, someone was trying to build a relationship to get something. Correct. Our, our lives are built off a community of reciprocation, mm -hmm. Right. The world in business, mm -hmm. right, there's level of everything needs to be fair. Correct. The level of fairness varies, right? So when I do a deal with a client, it needs to be fair. They're going to get a bigger share of the fairness pie, right? We may be, they may be getting 60%, I get 40% of that, mm -hmm. right? And then I take my 40% of fairness and I go hire subcontractors. I'm going to get a bigger piece of the pie of that because I'm handing out the work. So of that 40%, let's say I keep 80, they take 20. But it's still, by the way, this is why the margins are what they are. The client, and then we have a margin, let's, let's call our margin, I'm just going to round numbers, let's say our margin is 5%. Okay. And our subcontractor who gets less of a fair shake on the deal, their margins are 20%. They build in their fairness to their price. Mm -hmm. Because they know at some point I'm going to have to grind them down to yeah. make it look more fair. So, so this is the process that we go through, right? And um, I got off track. So, talking about the pat, the present at uh, the present. So the what's happening, yeah. So when we're going through this process mm -hmm. and how we're dealing with people and how we're talking with people, right? Is we were always doing this. We've always been doing it by engaging with people. Correct. At the end of the day, what happens on the ground floor of our construction sites, those people are doing business development too. They're mm -hmm. doing sales too. And the way they're doing sales is they're meeting with the clients weekly. Mm -hmm. They're meeting with their subcontractors. They're meeting with the um, city officials that come to do inspections. They're meeting with everyone, right? And you have to create an amicable environment where people can share ideas, Correct. right? That's been happening. And it happens face-to-face 90% of the time. That's how relationships were. Yeah. Interviews. Face-to-face, -face. that's how it works. You can make phone calls when you couldn't meet face-to-face, -face, and that was okay. But nothing ever beat the fact of, hey, we have a discrepancy. Can you come onto the job site, site and look at this? Hey, I want to talk to you about a deal. Can we go out to lunch? Hey, that's how, can you go play a round of golf? Correct. Can you go do this? Gone. Yeah. Gone. Right? But what's gone? Not the way we need it, and not, not what we need to do, just the way we do it. And that's what's shifted. And that's what people are adapting to. We've all, we will always need to have the face-to-face. -face. You just got to do it through a computer now. Right? Get with it. Yeah, I mean, that, we're Don't facing the same challenges. I mean, my, my company's facing the same challenge. I was out, as you know, I travel around the world. I travel three, four months of the year. I'm traveling to Asia, around the States. And there's no more traveling. There's no more anything. My staff, who are actual ground salespeople working on the ground, just like yourself and people and your, and your team, they're not on the ground anymore. They're not going to factories. They're not talking to the engineers. They're not talking about these. It's all through a virtual and through also email and through a virtual platform. Sure. But that embrace the change is also difficult because people sometimes 
as I said, you're looking at yourself, that whole thing of, okay, I'm on a camera, what do I do? And it's like, we're learning how to communicate again. We're learning, I mean, honestly, 100%. we're learning how to express. And it's like, well, if you're on a video, it's just like you go into a meeting or going to a lunch or you go into it's the same thing. You dress the same, you do everything, just go. 100%. But that number one thing is in their heads, like, I, I just feel weird because they can see a reverse picture of themselves. They haven't changed the way they, they look, but they see their image on the corner. It's like, oh, I can see myself. And I, and they lose their um, security blanket. We right? spend the majority of our day walking around, unless you're by a mirror yeah. all day. We spend the majority of our day walking around not seeing what we look like. We spend the majority of our lifetime talking to someone and not being able to see what we look like, see what they see. This is normal. Yeah. It's normal to be nervous about it. It's normal to be uncomfortable about it. It's been months. You got to get over it. Yes. And like anything, like any new skill, like anything, what we're, we're being asked to right now is, is, hey, listen, you've been writing with your dominant hand. I need you to switch to your non-dominant yes. hand. If I, if I told you, I'm like, listen, your, the success of your business depends on you learning how to write with your left hand. Would that be easy? No. no. Would you do it? 100%. Yet I'm seeing consistently people failing to acknowledge that because they're using an excuse of it makes me uncomfortable and there's a pandemic. Oh, so it's, it's a status quo. The status quo will go back. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to go back. But we're, we're too far forward for us to ever, some things might have some little bit of normalcy, but I think 70 to 80% of real life and the process of what we do is going to change. The way we communicate is going to change. The way we have everything of the salesman communication, because we realize that we don't need to travel all over the world to have a conversation. If we have relationship, the video works. Of course, building relationships, building the credibility and trust, of course, in person always works better. Or a tangible product, you have a tangible thing to see the sites, to see a, to a site survey. Of course, you have to be on site. 100%. But for, I mean, for in your business, that is. For my business, yes. Engineer has to have a tangible product, put it in there, see the product, see what it is. These things, yeah, but on, that's 20% of it. The other 80% could be done through a video. And people don't realize it's changed the way a lot of people, they're not going to go back to the normal. Like we're going to spend all this money traveling. We're going to spend all this people. We're going to spend all this thing to travel here and do this and do that. There's no reason this to. Is, this is ingrained uh, historical culture in us. Correct. Right? This was how we used to do Habitual. We used oh, to yeah, do yeah. like, this yes, is it. This is this it. Is it. Yeah. Now you want me to put an electronic signature on a piece of paper that's actually not paper? Yes. It's called innovation. We, because of what's happened, because of these type of struggles that we have, innovation comes, right? And one of the be best things I heard from this, uh, this industry partner of ours, mm -hmm. we have like these leads meetings where right. we talk about what's out there. I asked him how he's dealing with this. He's like, well, one of the great things is, is he lives in South County, but his projects are up in uh, North County, or uh, I'm sorry, LA. He's like, now my, my 30 minute meetings on site used to take four hours. Now my 30 minute meetings take 30 minutes. Yep. So what, 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 what did we just gain from this? Productivity. We gained pro productivity. We gained efficiency. Now, no, nothing's saying that we're not going to go back. And let's say we do go back to the way things were. What are you doing now? Are you just going to wait? <laughs> what about all the things that you need to do now? And this is the problem that I think a lot of people are having is they're like, well, I'm just waiting for it to go back. I'm waiting for it to go back. What if it takes a year? What if it takes two years? How are you going to feed your family? How are you going to support your company if you don't make the changes right now? So don't be blind to it. Make the changes. Understand that the way the technology is driving it right now, you could either sit back and say, ah, I don't know, or what, let someone else do it, which is what we're doing. We're taking the jump. 
we're making the efforts, we're expanding the way that we do our conference calls, mm -hmm. our project meetings, our interviews, and we're doing it. And the ones that aren't doing it are the ones that aren't, you know, necessarily being as successful as they could be. They're not, as I said, how I said, you're not leaning in, right. embracing change and pivoting. And these three words are very powerful. Everybody says pivoting, embracing, but I don't think, I think it's leaning in. You're just leaning into the change. You're leaning into bracing it. You're saying, you know what? I got to learn this new skill set. I have to do repetitions. I have to do more videos. I have to do, get on a podcast. I have to communicate more and I have to be more comfortable with myself. Because at the end of the day, this is not going to change. And I think we'll move in the future. And thinking future, not thinking today or three months, four, five months ago, before we started this, thinking ahead. And this is what we all have to do. And I try to tell my team, just like you said every day, it's like, hey, you don't have to drive an hour to work. The traffic, I mean, fortunately, traffic right now is no traffic. Right. Yeah. So you're saving. I have some staff that were taking an hour each way. It takes them yeah. 20 minutes now. I'm like, okay. How much more time do you have during the day? How much productivity can you get? Or someone working remote, they don't even have to travel anymore. You can do so much more output during that day of learning and not, hey, I don't have them. You know what? Learn a new skill set. Learn something, embrace. Learn new challenges. Listen to a book. Read a book that can sharpen your sword to be able to embrace the change and be a better version of yourself. If my mom can figure out how to Zoom call with me, you're telling me you can't do it in your yeah. own industry? This, this technology has existed for a long time. All our phones had the capacity to do this. Now, did everyone have... We just had, we just had a big uh, hit, uh, misstep within our company. We had an interview. It was a face-to-face -face interview um, on, on a video conference thing. We were, not the, we were not the leading horse in the race, mm -hmm. but we had an opportunity. We had an opportunity to win, Yes. right? Not that we were... You were on the table, and they were, were on choosing. Yeah, and the whole the thing was, we want to meet your people. Correct. Right? A couple of our guys didn't have access to their webcams. So they didn't show their faces. We lost a job. And now everyone can say whatever they want. Oh, well, that wasn't the real reason. They were, well, they were, defense they had, fantastic. Yeah. But they flat out told me, people that I trust, they're like, you're the only person that interviewed where we couldn't see everybody. See, so blocked out screen. Blocked out screen. Yeah. They yeah. saw this. They saw this. Yeah. Me, me talk. Yeah. How, how does that work? Yeah. Now, it was a misstep. It's okay. We learn from we it. We learn. But the idea was, oh, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a video, uh, I didn't have a, a video cap capacity. I wasn't on my computer. BS. Your phone has it. Yeah. You have to show up. This is what this is. This is the uncomfortable. It's like showing up to a meeting without your pants on. I mean, honestly, it's like okay, I'm at the meeting. I'm like, where the hell is this guy's pants? True. Okay. Yeah, right? yeah. I never <laughs> thought about that. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's like, but that's what it is. It's like I'm just trying to think. I'm if like, I've ever but done you know that. what? You won't even show up because you forgot your pants. So yeah. that's what it is. You know, they just like, okay, I'm going to a meeting. I didn't put my pants on, so I'm not going to show up and I won't show my face because I don't have pants or don't even have my shirt. That's no, and, basically and, what and, it is. And, and the, look, you know, this is another podcast yeah. to talk about, about protocol. And oh, that's is. different. Yeah. Obviously, have the lighting right. Obviously, yes. check your equipment. Obviously, look presentable. But I'm telling you right now, it's better to be in a dimly lit room with a bad backdrop than to then not black, even show screen. up. Then, I think yeah. Alec Hansen, who we've talked yes. about already, Alec made a great comment about this in one of his uh, one of his streams. You wouldn't show up to a boardroom, sit in your chair, and turn your back to everyone. Yep. It's unthinkable, right? So why are people doing this? Yep. They're doing it because they feel that there was an excuse. Everyone's like, oh, you know, coronavirus. Oh, new technology. 
oh, this is, this is all new stuff. Awesome. In month one and month two. We're too far gone now for anyone to not have the capacity, especially if you're a company of any value. Correct. If you, you're telling me you're the most sophisticated construction company in Orange County in L.A., where we've been top one or two for the past God knows how many years. You're the most, and that's what we pitch, actually. When I'm right. pitching, I'm like, you want HBC because of our sophistication of technology. You tell me you can't get on a Zoom call? <laughs> so this is, this yeah. is what that, we're That doing. could be, you're right. That could be all their podcasts yeah. in itself, but what you're doing. But let's talk about the space. Let's talk about building out space. What's happened in the world of the pandemic where, because we got all the social distancing protocols, we got protocols. I've seen a lot of office, I've seen stuff on, on social media where companies are just lining stuff off, moving stuff around, tape, what this is. How, how is that affecting you guys? So it's affecting us a lot. Now, our company right now with a lot of our competitors and people mm-hmm. in our space, they're still doing well. We're still extremely busy. A lot of that is coming from the backlog we had. Okay. Right, projects that were in process. Now, when, when this pandemic hit, the brakes were tapped. So there's a difference. People didn't stop the car, turn off the engine, walk out, mm-hmm. right? The brakes were tapped. So there's this lull for a second. Everyone's like, oh, oh no, what's going to happen? Well, after about a month and to two months, people started realizing that, okay, we understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. We have some protocols in place. We got to keep moving. We're moving. We got to do this. We've made the deals. And so that started up again. And so now we're extremely busy. What, what the con- concern is, is what's, the new space going to look like. Yes. So people aren't signing leases, okay. for example. Now, that, that, now, mind you, this isn't an absolute statement. It's not that no one's signing leases. People still are. But what a lot of people have done is until they figure out what's going on because there's so much unknown, is they're doing renewals. They're renegotiating their current lease. They're doing temporary fixes. And within their space, work at home. And if you're going to come in the office, like our office, mm-hmm. wear a mask, have the protocols, wash your hands, don't touch your face, uh, and every space is six feet apart. So how does that affect our business? It affects our business in the sense that those opportunities that existed in that space, Mm -hmm. which is commercial interiors, isn't as robust as it used to be. But that's just one component of what we do. Where else is blowing up? Life science. Healthcare, right? Industrial. um, Warehousing. Warehousing, distribution. E-commerce. So what do we have to do? Shift. All we got to do is shift. Yeah. Is make shifts and be a service. And here's the reality. The reality is, is we're in a we're in a pandemic. So is everyone going to get fat and you know make you know historic margins and blow profits? Yeah. No, we're not. But we can still service our industry, and that's what we have to do. So what we've been focusing on. And and by the way, something to keep in mind is there is an end to this. There will be an yeah, end. Of course. And oh boy, you better be ready. Because when that end hits, and here's an example, elective surgeries. There's people that have surgeries or procedures they need to have done, mm-hmm. right? When you turn 50, there's a procedure you yeah, need to have yeah, done. There's, there's things that people have, there's knee surgeries, hip surgeries, that they're not getting done right now. They're like, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And they're waiting. Guess what, the, guess what the good medical groups are doing? Building. They're building and building. Backlog, yeah. They're expanding. No, I mean capacity. space. Oh, space, yeah. Capacity. They're building space. Yeah. Do you know why? Fertility clinics. And whatever you can think about. They're building space. They're putting money out there. Because once this thing stops, the floodgates are going to open. And every single person that needed that procedure is now going to hit them up, right? And if you're, if you're not able to accommodate them, same with us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're actually getting bigger. We've hired more people. 
Because once the door is open and everyone's like, okay, cool, let's go back to what we need to do. If we don't have the capacity to address it, someone else will. That's, you know, that's extremely fascinating because I never even thought about it that way. There is, I mean, I knew there was a lot of stuff, people waiting, but you're right because that big influx creates a bottleneck. And if, if you're not prepared or have the capacity to take that business, you can't even see at the table. I just can't do this job anymore. How can I give the service, as you said, this premium service, 360 solution to my customer and promise them all this stuff, over-promise, under-deliver, if I don't have that capacity and waiting for it. And you're 100% correct. It will end. I mean, Could you imagine what happens to Starbucks when this thing lifts and it's wide open? There's going to be lines around their block for people that just want to go in there and get that dry-ass scone they have and a yeah. cup of coffee. Well, the experience yeah. as well. I mean, the, don't get me wrong. Yeah, the experience. Places are going to be yes. overloaded. Over, yeah, I agree. Right? Now, here's the problem. It, it, it doesn't make business sense to say, well, I know that's going to overload, so I'm going to start building restaurants. Yeah, no. and get, that doesn't make sense. But for us, we got to get ready. At the risk, at the risk of our bottom line, we have, to, we have to maintain our size. We have to grow. We have to continue to expand our technology, continue to expand our sophistication. Because once it comes, we can either take advantage of it and say, we're here for you, or we can say, we'd love to, but we can't. Yeah, and I agree that you're hitting all those points, but at the same time, as you say, you're sophisticating, expanding technology, you're growing, you're moving forward, yeah. you're, you're implementing, you're investing in the company, you're investing in your technology, in the people, in the workspace, in whatever, cloud computing, in the technology they do, the quotation system, these softwares and things right. that make things more efficient to speed up the process, to make it more efficient for the customer and the experience, the user experience. And that's, the, as I said, that's the number one thing is, if you're not leaning into your business, if you're not investing in your business, you don't have to invest 100%, in, but trying to adapt and think that things are never going to probably be as the same, but things will, there will be more business. Things will, will yeah. turn around. This bottleneck, just as you said, there will be more business, more surgeries, more distribution. Of course, distribution centers, warehousing distribution. It's huge because I think a lot of the st these retailers realize that forget all the space that we have. We'll just need warehousing now. Forget it. Look, also another thing that happens is anytime a certain part of our of our uh, of our consumerism, whatever, Press. something that goes down, something else goes up, yeah. right? So right now, going out, going to restaurants, having that type of experience goes down. Yeah. You know what's been going up? Gaming. Yep. Now, I'm a gamer. I love the game. So gaming, streaming devices, right? Outdoor activities that you can do with your family in your own home. These things are going up. Guess what they need? They need office space. They need lab space. Yeah. They need research and development space. Things are filling out each other, right? But one of the things that we think about, what was what, what's the funniest thing, you know, what, the, the thing that everyone was doing when COVID hit? It's like, oh, man, I completely organized a garage. Yeah. I, just, I just did this. We had a complete Home improvements. Home, home improvement. improvements. Home improvement. This is an opportunity for companies to, to check their house real quick. Mm -hmm. We've been out of the house too long. Mm -hmm. Check your house. Go into your own home mm -hmm. and look at the things that you have and realize, I don't need that. That needs to be better. That picture's crooked. And by the way, these kids, you know, they're 25 years old. They need to move out. <laughs> right? You're auditing, doing the audit, doing the, the audit. What, what is here, what is good, what needs to improve, what needs to go, right. uh, doing house cleaning, and you're 100%. I mean, you nailed, nailed it on the head. <laughs> you nailed it on the head right there again. But anyways, as we come to the close on this, yes. you know, um, really, what is your a future, per se? I mean, as I said, we just talked about the future, what's happening, but how, as yourself and HPC, really think that um, for how are you going to engage more customers and for your position and what you're going to do, 
the growth factor and with technology and hitting, I mean, all the things we discussed, can you sum it up for us? One of the biggest things yeah. that we are dealing with right now is the uncertainty in our industry. Okay. So that's not just me. Yeah. That's my clients. That's my prospects that I call on. Mm-hmm. All these people that had no, that had, didn't even for a second think that there's never going to be work, now they're looking too, right? So one of the biggest things that we do to engage is we open the lines of communication. Okay. It's a very good feeling when someone you've been chasing for five, six years, seven years calls you and says, hey, what's, what are you hearing out there? When you become the source of information, yeah. that's what's important. So what do we do? Service them. I, th- I think that's my, I feel <laughs> no, like I'm the Oscars. No, 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 They're no, like, no, hey, the, the, the music's yeah, yeah, going to yeah. start playing. <laughs> but we have to service, yeah. right? The service has changed. The yeah. service has changed a little bit, yes. right? It is right now, are we focused on, and by the way, HBC, one of the mantras that uh, one of our CEOs said years ago was, we never compromise quality and the client for profit, right? We, we always, our main concern is the project, the client, the experience, and the profit will come. So mm-hmm. we never compromise that. But at the end of the day, we're a business, right? At the end of the day, we're in it to make money. We're in it to provide jobs for people. Blah, blah, blah. You know, let's, we can go down that uh, Hallmark card yeah. of nonsense that we all say. That's the truth. But the truth is, too, we need to make money. Right. This isn't the time to necessarily focus on the money. Right now is the time to focus on the service. Mm-hmm. How do we help our partners? Not just our partners, but also the people that are our vendors, they need help too. What are we doing for them? And additionally, all the people we used to call on, we need to keep calling on saying, what can we do for you? Yeah. It doesn't even have to be about a project. It could literally be like, hey, listen, um, I mean, something as simple of my counterpart in LA, Olivia, Olivia Creever, okay? Uh, one, of her, one of her contacts and clients, uh, um, I forget, <laughs> You know, great. Uh, I have a great memory, but something happened uh, for this person. They were home for a while. They were getting frustrated. All Olivia did was send her a flower basket, just thinking of you. That's it. Sure. Something. So, come on, come on. Some beautiful flowers brightened up her day. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to think of ways of engaging. Some of the things that I'm, you know, I'm that doing, personal touch. It, that it personal is. touch changes I'm, everything. Hey, believe it or not, every yeah. Wednesday night I'm on a Zoom Dart Hour. This one guy in our industry, he did a fantastic job. He got 15 to 20 people that are in related, indus- mm-hmm. in related businesses within our industry, competitors of mine too, right? And clients of mine and people that are vendors. He sent everyone a dartboard with darts. Mm-hmm. And every Wednesday night we get on a Zoom call. There, it's like the Brady Bunch screen. Right. We're all on there and we spend an hour. We'll all throw some darts and it's all on the honor system. We have games that we know how to play. But most of the time we just sit and chat and everyone has set across the board that it's the one day out of the week of the work week that they feel like they can actually like let loose look forward to let loose yeah. engage again engage, so those yeah. are the things we're having to do and one thing i'll tell everyone i know you agree with this i know um, a lot of our friends especially alec yeah. agrees with this anytime i want to talk to someone the first thing i say so let's say i send an email yeah. hey so-and-so a long time um you know hope you're doing well hey i just want 50 I set an agenda. Yeah. I want 15 minutes of your time. I want to see yeah. how you're doing. And by the way, I hear you're working on something. Do you have, a t- do you have time for a Zoom call? I'd love to yeah. see your face. Literally, yeah. I'd love to see your face. There hasn't been one person that's responded to me saying, no, I'd rather just do a phone call. Every single person got on. And I've got to tell you, about 50% of them, once they get on, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm sorry, I don't yeah. look so great. I'm like, so what are you worried about? 
I'm in a tank top, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. And I just got done doing curls. Yeah. So, so the idea is, is make that engagement. Phone call, lowest denominator is text, right? I said that's the text. lowest. Yeah. Email and text are right there. Phone calls there. Face-to-face Zoom calls there. That's number one, yeah. And obviously, physically face-to-face. But that's not possible right now. And you got to be sensitive to people's requirements. That's another thing. It's it's, you know cautious. Be cautious of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are afraid to tell you that. They're afraid to tell you that. Hey, I'm not comfortable being outside. So you got to be safe and you got to engage. And that's what we're doing. We're just engaging, 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 and it's got to be done systematically with a plan, right? Mm -hmm. You got to have your list of contacts written up. You got to go through who you're going to talk. And again, this seems kind of like almost uh, academic and not so much about what we think about the touchy feely. It's so simple. You're in But these are all the simple things that we also forget about because we get habitual and everything comes in and we're not, we don't sharpen our sword. These are the simple steps, one to five steps that we should do anytime to engage our prospects as a salesperson or because you're a service provider. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You have clients. You need to always be engaged with them. Right. No matter if they're giving you a business or not because that business could come in. And uh, for, and I 100% agree. And as myself, creating content, putting out there, creating a podcast, doing real talk, engaging with professionals like yourself and other industries to really see what's happening and really discussing these things because I, I don't think they're discussed enough. I think people, um, and some people need to hear this. You know, some people watching at home, watching this, listening to us and say, oh, this is what I need to do. I'm going to make a change today. You really inspired me. And that's all for me is this whole, this whole thing is to inspire people to make a change, to understand everybody's feeling the same we're all going through the same process in a different, sometimes we're larger or smaller scale. We're right. all feeling it. We're all going through struggles. We all have emotional, we all have families, we have businesses to people take care of. We're all, we're all going through this, but at the end of the day, we're here together. And we're trying to spread awareness and a message that we want to help each other. As I said, it's a kind of cliche, stronger together, but it is. You know, during this type of pandemic, when we get out of it, another challenge will probably come about us. But Right now, this is where we're at. But look, a lot of people, this is something that I loved hearing someone said, you know, we could look at this, that this is happening to us or this is happening for, for us. us. Yeah. One of the things that I appreciate about what's happening is it's bringing us back to this kind of community tribal mindset mm-hmm. that I think our, um, you know, our, our species was based on. We couldn't do anything without someone else. Correct. I was the butcher. Okay, so-and-so was a farmer, so-and-so made wool, whatever. Without trade amongst each other, we couldn't survive. I needed to rely on you just like you need to rely on your engineer, Mm -hmm. just like I need to rely on so-and-so, right? Mm -hmm. Well, as as civilization started evolving, we now no longer needed you per se. I can just order it online. Correct. Now we're getting back to a place where I really like. We need each other. We all need each other. So what you can do is ignore it and sit at home and wish that this all goes away or embrace it. And I'm telling you, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to get on those calls. It's uncomfortable to see yourself on the screen. Hey, listen, all these things have features. Yep. Uh, one of the things I do is I have my, uh, I have my call up and I minimize my own face and I minimize the window right on my screen. My screen's a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. So I minimize it as small as I can and I shove it all the way to the top to where the camera is, right? So now, even if their face is this big, even if it's this big, I can still see it. And I'm not looking at myself, but every time someone talks, I'm looking at their eyes, but you know what they see me looking at? Them. Because yes. it's close to the camera. Correct. Well, this took time. 
It took effort. I had to think about it. It's uncomfortable. It's 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 a skill. But you You're have building to the do skill. it. You have to re- repeat anything the worth it yes. takes effort. And if you don't want to put the effort in, that's okay. Yeah. Not everyone, you know, this isn't something to put people in an uncomfortable situation and say, hey, you have to do it this way. But take steps. Yep. Take steps. Make yourself comfortable. And and there's resources out there. If you're not comfortable doing it with a client yet, do it with your family. Do it with your friends. Get on call with grandma. Get on call with papa. Whatever. Get comfortable with the process to the point. that. And here's another thing. If you don't like the way you look in the morning because your hair is messed up and you haven't shaved and you're wearing a t-shirt, comb your hair. Comb your- Shave your face, put on a polo, <laughs> and get on that call. <laughs> yes, and that's it. <laughs> well, thank you, Nima. This has been... Thank you for doing no, this. No, thank you. This has been amazing. Thank you for coming. I also love chatting with you. I learned a lot. I, I think some people listening will also learn a lot and uh, take a lot of this content to heart, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. I would love to. Thank, thank you, you so much. And remember, guys, be smart, be thoughtful, be generous. See you guys again soon next episode.